All right, welcome in everybody to the Can We Kick It podcast. I'm your co-host Mike, along with Chuck here. Hey, hey, what's going on, Chuck? Not much, brother. Just coming to you live from the Hampton Inn in oh. downtown Baton Rouge, baby. Tropical Baton Rouge. You went from tropical Nebraska to tropical Baton Rouge. <laughs> it's been nice weather this week. <laughs> been doing, been running a, like well, not in not in wherever I was, Iowa, Nebraska, whatever, over the weekend. But then come back and Baton Rouge has been like fifty to seventy, and so. Enjoying some nice runs along the the levee and the river. Nice uh, after work, and so headed back towards Houston tomorrow. So now it is yeah, funny because yeah. you're over there, and it's crawfish season. Yes, and it is. you took some. You had some coworkers over uh, who I could tell by the photo was their first time eating crawfish, and that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, so. A few people first time eating crawfish, so you know we had to teach them how to pinch, twist, and and pull. So yeah, the uh, I don't the think, work I don't to think we ratio any, throws people off. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we got any of uh, anybody to suck the heads, you know, oh, the newbies. Classic. But yeah, um, so yeah, but we went through like thirty pounds of crawfish, so we tore it up. Nice. Um, yeah, so it was good. It's nice. Can't beat crawfish in Louisiana. If you had to guess how much per pound do you think we paid? I think I remember you telling me. I, I forgot though, but I'm gonna say it was like four bucks. Oh, yeah, four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Like yeah, yeah, we we got them in Houston, like around, I think Mardi Gras night that Tuesday. It was like eight ninety nine a pound. Yeah, nothing yeah. compared. Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't seen them in Houston in a while. Like less than like six ninety nine a pound. Yeah, it's just I guess you got transport costs to get them there from like Lake Charles area. <laughs> yeah, us supply chain folks, you know, there's there's added first mile cost to all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it must be shipping LTL. Some, <laughs> uh, it's a cost per pound of cro- cross per crawfish CPC. Yeah, uh, <laughs> CPC. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, I, let, you, you know. know yeah, good man. That's uh, you know, had this weekend off from work, so got caught up on some TV. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's just now hitting. Uh, first of all, watch the Oscars and freaking childhood like me was fully acknowledged in Brendan Fraser winning best Oscar or best actor, and then uh, I'm gonna mess up his name probably, but Ki Hui Kwan. Uh, who was short round from fucking Indiana Jones one uh, best male supporting actor. Oh, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Which if you haven't seen it yet, it's on Paramount. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. I watched it on a plane and I fell asleep like three times in it. So it was all disjointed. I mean, the movie is very disjointed kind of anyways, but I miss miss bits and pieces, but you're, you're, what was your, first Brendan Fraser movie. Well, the time frame of me watching him is messy because I've seen it's between the mummy, um, insane man. And he made a cameo in son-in-law with Pauly Shore. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my two Encino man and, uh, and son-in-law. Yeah. That was when Pauly Shore was big. Yeah, that was when he was he, like rocking. Like he, oh, yeah, Pauly Shore were, wants to do a movie. Here's twenty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, you were probably young, a youngster when those yeah. came out. Because I think yeah. I was like in junior high or high school. Still hilarious. Love those movies. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but um, I know I texted you when when Brendan Fraser won, and I text my sister, and she of course like like loves Insano Man, so like she like immediately turned it on to watch it win. So that was a great thing. Um, nice. Yeah, watched that. Um, watched uh, Mando, which was good. Um, when he went to uh, Mandalore, uh, I'm not going to give anything away because you've already seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Watched Ted Lasso, so the premiere of Ted Lasso. I think you just watched that, right? Yeah, I just watched it before you came on. 
Nice. So season three premiere. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I haven't really had time to process it, but to me it was okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I haven't like rewatched the last couple seasons in a while since season two ended. So I think maybe I just wasn't in the mood because nothing was really landing for me. Yeah. I, I think I get irritated in the beginning how they pick, they're like, oh, West Ham's predicted to finish in the top four, which I know they're forever blowing bubbles, but they never picked the top four. No. So I, it's, it's like, okay, everybody in the UK would be laughing as like Arsenal, Man City, Man United, uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, the typical top six teams. Oh, Liverpool. Yeah. Sorry. Liverpool. Um, <laughs> Liverpool. Like, would be like West Ham wouldn't be picked to finish above eighth yeah. in, in anything. So, because they got a first time coach who's never coached before and was a kit man, he's a woundekind. Just because so. like Rupert Mannion bought the team and now like Nate, who like has never been a head coach in his like life ever, is now going to take him into a top four. That's like saying like, <laughs> like. Uh, what was the team Bobby Boucher was on? Uh, Western <laughs> Louisiana State University. Like they get a first year head S- coach. S-E-S-L-U, my dogs. Mud dogs. That's like saying they got like a first time head coach and they're going to like make it to the playoffs in college football. No, I think it's even more like, like, I don't know what's the middle of the road baseball team like the twins or the white Sox, who finished like 85 and 79 yeah. and make the playoffs but they decide okay we don't want we want to get rid of the coach we're gonna hire the janitor like i mean <laughs> i mean i get it's a good story and it's the whole i mean it's already setting up because ted's like gonna be super nice to nate for sure and then nate's ego is out of control but by the end of the season it's gonna be all nate's gonna have a like breakdown mea culpa you know, they're going to come together as, as West Ham's winning the premier league for some reason, something like that. Uh, Oh yeah. I'm going to call it that. uh, uh, Nate screws up somehow. Rupert takes the team away from him and becomes uh, owner manager. And uh, then Nate is going to like jump off a bridge into the river Thames or something. And Ted's (laughs) going to like talk him off and then they're going to be like best buds. But yeah, I, as soon as they like, they went to like he went to Rupert's office in the beginning. Dude, it was it was like smacks of like uh Star Wars. That's what I that <laughs> I was gonna bring this up because it's like it's Darth Vader and the Death Star and Ted Lasso is the uh Luke the Rebel uh yeah, yeah. The, the Rebel Alliance or something. Like yeah. I don't know. It's just it's I don't know. It 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 was it looked like I mean it was too long to be honest. Sorry, I'm it's probably I'm worn out from work. But no. um it I mean lasso used to be like barely thirty minutes episodes and this was like forty five minutes and next week's like forty seven minutes and Oof. it's too like it should be short and snappy in yeah. my opinion, but I don't know. It I mean, sometimes they start, I mean, just going, sticking to Apple TV and sticking to Bill Lawrence. Um, shrinking started off like super slow for me for the first yeah. like half of the season. Now it's been banging like the last couple episodes. So um, I'm going to like it, but that might be Bill Lawrence like recipe is like, I'm going to set the stage. Right. And then the end is going to be a banger because yeah that's how season two was for Ted Lasso. Like I remember being like, okay, it's a little over the top. And then it like mellowed out and it got, it got to the meat. Right. So I, I think the episode got funnier toward the end. Um, but I'm excited to see where it, where it goes. Cause I, I think it's hilarious that it's all like star Wars, like Rupert's office in the window is like the emperors and yeah, like they're towing as many Cooper, like, and he's like, Oh, let me me take a look. Pretty funny. It's like a poor person's car parked in a parking lot, and they like tow it as Nate's car. It's a uh, Premier League manager driving a Mini Cooper. I'm like, I bet he gets paid shit. 
Yeah, I mean, Rupert's not going to pay him a lot, right? I mean, he compared to other was, Premier League managers. He was just a kit man. Uh, Why should he get a million yeah. dollars, a million pounds a year? Yeah. I I think, I mean, the, the funniest part, or, well, one part is I want to know where Trent Krim is from the Independent. And they had a new reporter from the Independent. So it was a little sad. Uh, well, you know who there, that was, but... right? Who was it? It was uh, one of the pub boys, one of the three pub boys. Oh, it's Marcus. I didn't yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, my brain is elsewhere, but. Yeah, um, I'm going to laugh. Uh, Trent Krim is probably going to do some like undercover editorial about how Rupert Mannion is like sexually harassing his entire staffers. And he's just going to, he's going to rip the whole thing down. Yeah. He's sexually harassing Nate and like, <laughs> like on <Sorry>. beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. With the what senator, like, and then the, I forget the hashtag, but... hashtag not me. Yeah. Was it Jonah Ray played like yeah. the, yeah, uh, with glasses, right? That played, yeah. uh, Jonah is this, Ryan. Is like, yeah. <laughs> No, but no, the actor that not Jonah Roberts. Oh yeah, the, it was a uh, it was Pat Oswalt senator with the. No, there's another one where the um, oh, but oh, Pat Oswalt. Okay, I thought you were talking about a different thing, but yeah, Pat Oswalt uh, with <laughs> harassing Jonah Ryan. But there's <laughs> the senator from Ohio that would just talk shit to his. Um, oh yes, the balding guy that was like, and then the big tall guy with glasses, and I think this Jonah Ray that plays him as the actor but um but yeah I, there's a lot of like assault both of those the, are yeah both of those are fantastic in terms of like employer employee fuck over yeah so yeah um excited to see where so, it goes but i'm with yeah. you yeah it's good this season back so it's nice um so we'll see where it goes yeah what do you think is going to happen at the end like do you think there'll be another season or do you think we'll end at this season, what do you think is going to happen? I think, I think from what I read, I think I saw an interview that like this story will be over. Um, but I think they're going to continue it on somehow, whether it's like Roy, right. Cause now like Brett Goldstein and, and Bill Lawrence are like, are like this, right. So yeah. whether it's a Roy story or something along those lines, they're going to keep the Ted Lasso universe going somehow. But I think Jason Sudeikis part is probably going to be done. He'll probably make a cameo or something, but, but It'll probably be it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you started to see some of his antics wear thin, even though, I mean, on, on Rebecca, even though like she turns the tide during the press conference, but I think he'll end up the season probably either voluntarily leaving to go back to the U S because you're, you're building this stuff with the sun more of the sun spent. And then he came home and got a gift from Jake, mommy's friend. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, He's gonna <laughs> who's uh go back. Who's a famous Jake? I would love to see a hilarious cam- cameo of it being like Jake like Jake Jake yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal or like uh yeah uh dude that'd be hilarious. Like Jake. he comes home and he's like, Oh, who's Jake? Jake? The Snake and Roberts. <laughs> and like Gyllenhaal like walks out, he's like, What's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> um I could see because you remember Ted Lasso when there was a commercial, right? He lost his job at Tottenham and then yeah. like uh coach girls soccer. I got a feeling like the season is going to end with him going back and like coaching his son's soccer league. Oh, he could go back and coach the, the um, NWSL, like Kansas city women's team. If there's oh, yeah. uh, one, like the Houston, the, the Houston dash, the dash. Yeah. <laughs> the, whatever the, the Kansas city team is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Women's soccer. I can see that. Um, they got a manager with Premier League experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think he'll be fired or leave. I think he'll probably leave because they yeah. won't fire him. But let's, and then let's be honest. In reality, he would have been gone after the first season. Thanks for coming yeah. in, Ted. Appreciate all you did. We really yeah. I just hired you to fuck this team over, but you changed it for the better. We're gonna hire somebody else. <laughs> and I think that they will maybe win like the Carabao cup or FA cup or some, some one of the the cups and, but then be fighting for relegation all season. So I I don't think there's, I don't know. They're making such a big deal of like, Oh, top 20 or that they're 20 only because it could be 21st. 
Uh, well, yeah, it's like it, it's like they're 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 talking up the top twenty, but West Ham is only like a top four team, and and not like oh the number one team. Like so for me, like I could see Ted like taking them to a top like top ten finish or something like that, but I just can't imagine them winning it. The other, yeah, the other thing um, that irritated me there was they were paying such attention to where like oh my god they're ranking us or everybody's picking us to finish last like yeah that's what happens when teams move up from the championship nobody says oh wow okay this championship side who barely was promoted oh they're gonna finish top five they're yeah. they're gonna be and i think it was like they said on the show but a certain percentage uh of premier league teams get um that that come up they get promoted get relegated the next year so I mean, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Yeah, statistically, it happens. Yeah. So, anyway, any other thoughts on last? So, nah, good to see him back. I mean, I just <laughs> he was uh, wearing some sick Jordans. I'm always looking at like Ted Lasso shoes because he always wears Jordans. So, um, that was cool to see. Um, so, you a big fan of Greg Berhalter, the U.S. Men's National Coach, and his sick drip? <laughs> he did have some sick drip during the uh, World <laughs> Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it was funny. I mean, they, you know, I mean, who's surprised Keely and Roy broke up, but, uh, I think we saw that coming. Yeah. Well, that's probably better. Yeah. They, they gotta, they gotta mix it up. It can't all be perfect. You know? Well, and it's gotta have some like Jamie Keely tension as well. Now that she's, they're broken up. So with his new non slick back haircut. <laughs> yeah the new butt cut and like, um, and he's all like very positive and nice, you know, now. So, yeah. Um, I think it's setting the stage. Yeah, for, for sure. Kiwi, Jamie reunion. Oh boy. Maybe they just go into a throttle. It's uh, very modern. <laughs> yeah. They should. I mean, Roy would probably be down for, for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, uh, all right. So that was Ted thoughts? Lasso. Yeah, no, nothing else for me. Um, yeah, I just watched The Last of Us, like right before we, like while you were watching Ted Lasso, I watched The Last of Us. Yeah, sick finale, right? So good, dude! Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was a banger. Yeah, yeah. Did you remember the end and all that from the game? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember yeah, telling Jackie so, last week, I was like, so the ending, right? It's just going to be this mad fucking shootout. And then it was. Um, and then I, I went back on YouTube and watched a clip of like the the uh, end of the video game. Dude, yeah, shot for shot. Amazing remake. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I can give a little rundown real quick. Yeah, give us a rundown. Um, so we have the season finale of The Last of Us. And... So we find Ellie and Joel making their way to Salt Lake City. Um, you think, you know, as they, they're just wandering the roads, going to Salt Lake. Um, Joel asks Ellie basically like, hey, let's, you know, we can stop this and go to Tommy's house and we can live a life, you know, nice relaxing life and, Ellie doesn't want to do it. She basically says, we came all this way. What is this for if we don't finish it through? So they go, and then they get in Salt Lake City, and you see, like, little Firefly logo. Um, and then, you know, she starts reading jokes, and you're like, I kept thinking clickers were going to come out, but um, little people creeping on them, little flashbang wake up and Joel's in a different room. Well, Joel gets gunned with the butt of a gun Oof. and um, they take Ellie, Joel separate him. Basically Joel wakes up. Marlene's there wondering how they survived all the way. She lost a bunch of men, but I was also wondering how she survived as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, <laughs> And 
then she tells Joel, like, hey, we're gonna kill her. We did get sorry, skip. We did get the back the origin story first of yeah, yeah. how Ellie was born. So you see Ellie's mom, who was played by Alicia Johnson, I think is her name. She was um she was the voice of Ellie in the video game. She looked right. like Ellie. Yeah. Really good casting. Um but she's running from clickers, goes into a house, gives birth to Ellie. You look down and you see she's been bit after she kills the clicker and she proceeds to cut the umbilical cord and uh, Marlene shows up and with some friends and you find out Marlene's been like really good friends with the mom and begs her to take baby Ellie and come back in and kill her. Marlene, you know, was hesitant, but then she takes the baby outside and then comes back in and, and, shanks her like like just no remorse it's like yeah. all right as pops um, her yeah i love how she told the guy she's like cover the baby's ears and then like yeah. she shoots him and the baby starts crying it's like you dick they cover you her ears cover the ears yeah um so we get we, you know we get the basically ellie origin story of how she's immune she was like still attached to the mom's umbilical cord when the clicker bit her mother um Which, is not canon to the video game, so this is all Correct. this is all new. Yeah, this is yeah. There's no backstory right to the video yeah. game with the mom or how uh, that happened. So, um, we're going back to Salt Lake City. Joel wakes up. Marlene's there. They're talking. She tells Joel that Ellie's gonna basically have her brain removed to provide a cure, um, and that you know. We, Marlene, it was the toughest decision she's had to make because she knew the bomb and all that. I've got some questions later on, but so they're like, Joel, we're going to drop you off. You know, we're going to let you go. Here's your backpack. We're going to drop you off. Two guards lead him out to the stairwell and he just starts doing more, um, more like secret agent uh, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kills the two guards, proceeds to go through the hospital to try to find Ellie. And you know, like, as he was walking through, he looked at, like, like I think it was, like, pediatric surgery on the wall. Yeah. So It's like, yeah, like, it's like it's like a directory. He's like, oh, okay, it's yeah. on level six. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. So he he basically, you know, as you said, it's this is, like, like for like to the finale of the game. Yep. He's trying to find Ellie, kills everybody in his way. They... <sighs> The flashing, the sound of the um, the bullets dropping, changing guns as he goes through, like picking yeah. up new guns. It's so video game like. It's just like any like Call of Duty or anything, and you you're shooting somebody, and then you oh find a better gun, and you pick yeah. it up, and so he's just going through, and he makes his way, kills probably about twelve, fifteen people. Um, Makes it was amazing. His way to the operating room. Yeah, great scene. Oh, um, so good. Like, there's like little to no like audio. It's just like shells dropping, yeah. little musical yeah. shit going on, and he's just like room to room. Amazing. Anyways, yeah, yeah. No, it, it was great. Gets to the operating room, and the doctor is in there about the about the pillar scalp back, pill the cat back with the <laughs> scalpel, and um, Joel's like stop, and the doctor's like. Make me, yeah. And Joel's like, pop. <laughs> it's like, nurses <laughs> is like, ah. Yeah, it's like, and we love killing doctors in this show. Yeah. Um, so he takes Ellie um, and drives her out of there. Or, oh, actually, he goes to the garage. Marlene confronts him. Um, instead of just shooting Joel, like, Marlene's like, oh, let me have a conversation with the guy that killed like 75 people in my crew. What's and one more they, on the pile? Yeah. Yeah. They look to put guns down, but Joel secretly doesn't put his gun down and pops Marlene and basically is like, I got to kill you because you're going to come looking for us if I leave you alive. Yeah. She's like, I can go with you. And he's like, yeah, but you're never going to yeah. leave her alone. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's then they leave 
you know, they're in the garage. There's a bunch of cars charging. They have a nice little network of cars. And he drives. He's driving to, to, to back to Tommy's. And Ellie's still out with the anesthesia. She wakes up and asks what happened. And Joel concocts a nice lie about Raiders came in and basically killed everybody, and including Marlene. And Ellie kind of goes back to sleep or rolls back over. Yeah, it tells and then her for like, some reason she's not the only yeah. one. Like there's multiple yeah. like there's, immune people. Yeah, and that they cure never works, so they stopped doing it, and you know. Or they couldn't, they stopped the experiment. They're trying to find a cure. And yeah. so, you couldn't know, right it. there, Ellie doesn't believe because, like, you know, she, we don't know what was said to her between with Marlene and before the surgery, but, you know, yeah. she's not believing. And then they, they proceed it. They have to, like, park five miles outside of town for some reason to walk through the woods. Um, truck broke, truck broke hike. down. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I think it overheated. Yeah, yeah. They went on a hike, and, uh, you know, basically Joel is now comparing her to Sarah, his daughter, and and he's bringing along games, and or was it Boggle? I think the Boggle was the beginning, but he's comparing everything to Sarah, um, and then they get to outside of Tommy's town, and and Ellie asks, starts asking some questions, and like, are you telling me the truth? Like, like basically swear to me. And he says, like, I swear to you. And that's it. She says, okay. And then, boom, roll credits. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, she doesn't believe it. And I'm sure, like, next season two is going to be like, uh, Joel, are you sure? Can you tell me more about that day? Like, yeah, just yeah. Start pressing them for details. It was such a good ending. It was just like the video game. As soon as she said, okay, like you could still tell she didn't believe him, even though she said, okay. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she like said that I looked over and, and, and it ended, I looked over Jackie and I was like, yeah, Joel was never supposed to be a perfect protagonist. Even in the video game, he like never made the right choices. He always like, even this, like he did it for his own reasons. I mean, he didn't want to lose her, but like versus saving the world, Joel's never been a perfect pr- protagonist. And I love it. Well, Joel's head, the world is already gone, right? Yeah. So I think, I mean, that's the beauty of the story. There's, in this world, so the monsters, we are the monsters. So you kept saying all season, the stational weapon line, that everybody's a monster. They're a monster to survive, except for Bill and Frank. Yeah. I mean, Bill and Frank, like, went up, proceeded to live their lives. And they had their place, and they defended their place. But... Like, it's still, everybody has choices to make, and it's in this dystopian future, there's no, like, right or wrong, like, moral, what's morally right or wrong, right? So, yep. um, you know, when Joel makes, like, what would be a selfish choice to save like the Ellie versus saving the world, right? Because in his mind, the world is gone and he would rather have like his replacement daughter with him to raise her. But in reality, I mean, there are some questions I have about the procedure, you know, what if they cut into her, it doesn't work. And what do you do then? Right. So it's kind of like, there's no good choice. So I relate it back yeah. to like the moral, moral philosophy question. It, it came up in the good place. It's called the trolley problem. And it's, you have a trolley going down the track and there's no brakes and there's, it splits off into two tracks. And on one track is five construction workers that you don't know. And the other track is your friend. Which track do you choose to go down? Because you either kill five people or kill one person. So what's the right choice? Right. There's no, there's, there's you can there's no explain easy choice. your choice. Yeah. yeah. You you can explain why you did it. Like, well, I killed my friend because it was just one person or I killed the five people because I wanted to save my friend. Yep. But neither of those choices is, is right or wrong because yep. 
you can justify either of those choices. Yep. So, I mean, all day, I think Joe, Joel can justify, well, I took her because, you know, was that doctor even really a doctor? Like, what was, what was he going to do? Do they have the facilities to, like, create a cure out of that? We know Ellie rubbed her blood on Henry and it didn't work. So, like, do they do they have a lab where, like, they're producing vaccines? You know, so... I mean, the, the doctor could have been a wacko, cut her open, drained her blood, and then just bathed in it and be like, I'm immune, I'm immune. And it's like, oh, it doesn't work like that, jackass. Like, yeah, is he, is he a real doctor? I mean, you know, it, it's a it's great really, movie. It's really the burnt cannibal, like, uh, <laughs> from last episode. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question around, like, I mean, so the Fireflies discover the cure. Are they going to give it to Fedra? Fuck no, they're not. Right. They're going to give it to their people because they want to have control. Is, is the world any different than when it was before, like the outbreak? And the answer is no. And so to Joel, you know, the world's no different. So fuck that. I'm going to do what I think is right and what's best for this girl who I look at now as a surrogate daughter. So, yeah, I she's too young to really fit, you know, understand it at the moment. So he's just going to do what he thinks is right. And it was a bloodbath. And. I'm sure that's not it's not the first time he's gone through a whole building and wiped people out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they really you don't see if Ellie got a choice or not, right? Exactly. I mean, they're like, "Hey, we're going to put you under and you can you're going to we're going to get a cure because you're immune." But they we don't know if they explain like this will kill you, what what was on. And all Ellie knows is she's immune and she could help the world. So in her eyes, she wants to do that. Yep. But the choice that she makes is a little tainted because, you know, if she knew that, like there'd be a chance she'd die, would she make that choice? And no parent or surrogate parent would, would let their kid, um, you know, it's like, it's a teen girl dad, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, you want, you don't, you're not going to let anything happen to your kid that you can control. Right. So, it's um, it's interesting. I I got a question too about Marlene, right? So when in episode seven with Riley, you know Ellie, Riley mentions the fireflies, and she said, um, "I'm waiting here for Marlene." And she said, I asked Marlene if she could go with, and she said no, or whatever. Like, if Marlene promised her mom to take care of her, she just like drop her off with Fedra and then leave her there for 13 years, 14 years. Like, it doesn't seem that Ellie knows who marlene is yeah the history that marlene has like to ellie and and indirectly her mom um yeah Yeah. because i i thought the same thing it's like okay like marlene was there when she was born and then she just drops her at like fedra daycare and just takes (laughs) off like what and then yeah like creates the fireflies and she's like picking out like girls that she wants to like have join the fireflies and she's like oh I'll take Riley, but I'm not taking Ellie, who I yeah. have all this history with. She's better in Fedra hands. No way, dude. Yeah, especially if, you know, they were some kind of, I mean, the Fireflies were active. If they're active when the mom, you know, was killed or yeah. if she doesn't like the the Fedra, why would she leave them, leave Ellie with, with her? Unless, unless they were captured or something and they kept the baby and Marlene. Well, Marlene's in the QZ in Boston, so like, yeah. And where was Ellie? Or Ellie? They but Marlene keep Marlene has Ellie captive, chained up, in the beginning. Like they act yeah. like they didn't know each other. So, yeah. What the? There's some confusing see. points with me and the, with that with Ellie and Marlene. Melted my brain. Yeah. Yeah, so I started thinking about that, and I started thinking back to uh, that, and um, so once Ellie goes seeking Marlene just because she knows that name from from Riley. So yeah, 
Well, it's like, yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> She's like going to pull Riley out. And then like when she goes to like get Riley the next day from the mall. Right. Cause that's her like, like station. And then she like walks yeah. in and like Riley's dead and like Ellie's like been bitten and she's like, all right, we got to chain this bitch up. I don't know who this is, but we got to chain her up and we got to see if she still is alive in like two weeks. What? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. I think we need a little more explanation on that, but yeah, we might see it in season two. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. It'd be really interesting to see where we go in season two. Did you play the whole second game? No, yeah. no, I haven't the played second the second game. game. Okay. Yeah. You do you have the second game? No, but I, I, uh, my buddy Tony, who we went to New Orleans with, has it and has always offered to let me borrow it and play it. So I am going to take him up on that now that the first season's over um, and play it. Yeah. Yeah, let me play it after you. I still have to finish the first game. Oh, dude, yeah, you got to finish the first game. So good. Um, it is cool, though, because, like, in, in this episode, Joel's talking about getting a guitar and, like, teaching her how to play. That's, like, a huge, like, Easter egg to the second video game. Oh, so, really? Yeah, it's, oh. it's really... I'll, I'll have to send you a clip. There's, a, there's parts where she's, like, playing the guitar in the second game, and you can play it as her. And I've seen all these clips of people playing, like, Hotel California, like, Wish You Were Here wow. by Pink Floyd, like, cool shit. So that's that'll come in into season two. Nice. But um yeah, hell of I, a hell of a finale. Yeah. No, super super duper finale. Great season of TV. Even like when episodes, you know, like to me episode 7 was like probably the weakest one for me. Yeah. But it was so good. I mean, it was still well done. I was talking to some um a friend of mine who was saying that and I thought this was a good explanation. Episode seven was too much like a like Stranger Things episode. Oh yeah, you the know mall. they're in the mall yeah. and it's just like it was very Stranger Thingsy versus the rest of the season. Yeah. So I I, I didn't think about it that way until he said it, and I was like, that makes sense because it was kind of like that, especially that episode that takes place in the mall, and yeah. it's just. There's big bad, bad waiting around the corner like the it's entire just, time. So you know something's gonna happen. It's like somebody who's been raised without like arcade games like eleven from Stranger Things, and then you drop them in a mall where they've never been. Yeah. It's like, oh, a carousel, oh, an arcade. Like yeah. I've heard of Mortal Kombat too. Yeah, like just incredibly naive people thrown into like these things that of course we fucking know everything about, like yeah. because we yeah. got it. But I agree. It, definitely the weaker of the episodes. Um, but it seems like every other episode was great in its own regard but you don't think like in federal school and all the schools are not learning like history or things that were going on back then like i mean because in this she didn't know what an escal like how to ride an escalator ellie didn't yeah. in the season she didn't know like about anything right and you think even i mean we don't have horse and buggies but i know how a horse and buggy works right you see it and you read about it or you learn I don't know. It just seems interesting. What I would love to see what they learn in federal school. Probably more murder and um, and how Probably. to diagnose a, a bite and when they're going to turn. And <laughs> what's the first step? And when uh, you come across somebody with a bite, do you bandage it? No, you just kill them. Got it. Yeah, it's like day one class. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you would think in federal what? school, like they would have like a little arcade room because they have to have rec time. I mean, she has a a Walkman. Like you telling me they haven't pulled yeah. Pac-Man out of somewhere and like hooked that fucking thing up? Yeah. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. But um if if you um so with the entire season, what was one thing that you would have liked to seen more or less of or different? Oh, more clickers for sure. So that's where I was going, yeah. Yeah. Um we got like a front loaded heavy and not even really that heavy, but, you know, the first episode, first couple episodes, and then episode of the Kansas City episode with all of them coming out of the ground. Yeah. And then one in seven and one in 
this one and the flashback scene. That's yeah. pretty much it. That was it. It's like, um, is the is the fungus outbreak really that much of a threat 20 years later, right? In terms yeah. of a global, right, epidemic, pandemic, versus it's a transition of, yeah, they were bad at first, and in reality, humans are really the problem. It's just a transition of who the real villain is in this show, I think. Yeah. But I would have loved to have seen more clickers. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the same for me, because... but. I think it's the more, and it may be different in the second video game, the second, third season of the show, but I think could have used more, but they, they did. I was listening to Druckmann and Craig Mazon talk about the season. They were like, on a video game, you have, you're going to have a hundred plus kills in our video game. It depends on how you play. If you're just, if you avoid them or kill, you know, clickers and people, but, you know, video game, you're going to have lots of kills because you're yeah. not just going to be walking around right. with nothing. But in a show, you can't just kill 100 people. And, yeah. It's and just a bloodbath for like 10 episodes. <laughs> they kind of tried to kill 100 people in this episode. <laughs> yeah, they, they, he got uh, pretty close. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it was interesting to hear him talk about that. So that makes sense. But I think it it almost, I think the real story is that humans are the main threat to other humans versus viruses versus everything else. And that's what you have here though. 20 years down the road, probably most of the clickers and the zombie mushrooms are the least of the threat. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's be honest. Ever since they made it up to like, ever since they left Kansas city, have we even seen a single clicker outside of flashbacks? Like there's nothing out West. No, we haven't seen anything but flashbacks because so, there was a flashback in seven and Ellie and Riley's story. And then uh, the flashback in the final in nine. Yeah. So like more populous areas I get, but like even Salt Lake city, there was nothing. I just expected more, but that was my takeaway from it. Well, yeah. And then like, how many people are left in this world and do we know, right? I mean, it would think in a city like Salt Lake City, they get in there, there's no QZ, there's no people milling about. Um, it would be interesting to see, you know, like, and maybe you'll see more in the, the, the next season, but like a heat map of where people are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but because, I mean, I would think you would more... I don't know. I would more probably try to, you know, make my way up to like the 10th floor of a building and set up camp there. But then you've got to go through, try to get food versus being out in the open. Unless you have like Tommy's town in Wyoming where you've got like a whole fortress surrounding the town. Right. So true. J hole you build. It's like, it's like take over like a, the 10th floor of a building, right? And only one way in and out and then just make the entire roof like a garden. And just yeah. live that way. I don't know. But that's just me. Well, um, even in like Salt Lake City, the, the giraffes are milling about and there's greenery everywhere. Like Clickers ain't taking over the giraffes. So clearly like it's pretty safe to live minus the fireflies, of course, but. I, I I I was wrong when we first started talking about the show several episodes back, but I think I was like, I remember there being giraffes in Boston and all the shit or somewhere, right? And like, it's it's true they were later in the game, so it was Salt Lake City, so it was cool that they they did bring that element in. Um, and I like that I read an article they used a real giraffe, so it was like no CGI, mm-hmm. it was all real. So it was, it was a really cool nod to the video game, of course. Yeah, but yeah, I need more do you clickers. think Joel? I need more bloaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're probably going to get less and less unless she goes, unless she goes out to like Los Angeles or something and yeah. uh, a heavily populated area. And there's still, you know, mushrooms floating around. Jimmy, yeah, fungus, Jimmy Kimmel still calling the Oscars. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I, I don't know what happens in the Sega video game. So, does she keep going? Does she stay up in the Northwest? Uh, you know, but 
let's let's go check out Toronto. It's cold up there. Like, uh, can the fungus survive in the cold like that? So let's check that out. Pretty controversial is what I was hearing about. Yeah, which I'm assuming I think I know why, but um, so we'll see. But that was the more popular game, right? I think that was the considered the better. Oh yeah, one from what I heard. But um, yeah, so what do you do? You think Joel made the right decision? Yeah. Is there any saving this world? Like, (laughs) well, I think you see in any dystopian future kind of thing. There's really no like going back or back to the way it used to be. I mean, you can create little micro communities and little pockets um, of stuff, but you're not going to get back to the previous way of life. So no, Uh, in the, in, in the time span that like the fireflies think that they're going to operate in, it never works that way. It's going to take a hundred plus years in order to maybe get back to any sort of like relevancy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have like, maybe natural immunity or as people begin to live in that world they become especially i think in the video game it's like airborne spores so like like once people start to get you know used to those or the body starts to develop things to fight off but i think yeah i mean i think as far as viewers he made the right choice because he's our protagonist even if he's not a a good one um but yeah it's uh in dystopian worlds and when you don't have many people left like you're trying to survive and you make choices for yourself and your family okay so page right out of father david's book (laughs) fucking cannibal fucking (laughs) prophet living up in wherever he was psycho yeah his choices for his family is like medium medium rare (laughs) or well done (laughs) crispy extra crispy yeah like oh yeah we got God. we had new uh we got a crispy fried chicken um <laughs> it's a little gamey yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> it's a little lean there hasn't been a lot to eat these it's, last couple of days yeah it's soylent green soylent <laughs> green is people <laughs> oh man um, but but man I'm, I'm loving pedro pascal i'm loving bella ramsey i think I mean, we talked about early on in the in the show how, you know, even Frank, I mean, uh, Armand, uh, uh, Murray Bartlett, and yep. Nick Offerman, and some of the other kind of guest actors, and um, Melanie Linsky was just master acting class. But I think as the season went on, you got the whole season. I mean, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey is just amazing, and I was watching clips of Bell Ramsey as um, the North Happy Witch House and in the House of the Dragon, but her as um, I think she was a Mormont, right? Like um, yeah, 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 Lady Mormont. I forget her first name, but yeah, watching like her speeches, like and and then her fighting like like you know the the um, when winter came. And she's like a little bad. She's such a good actress. It's, it's Dude, amazing. Yeah. Um, and Pascal is so hot right now. Oh, his stock is so high. Slutty daddy. Is, like, he, <laughs> is he Hansel? He's so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so cool. Um, guy uh, that uh, I met in Naples uh, works in uh, Los Angeles in uh, audiovisual stuff. And he was working uh, the red carpet for the Oscars and was managed That's to great. take a picture with like uh, Pedro Pascal in the background. Pascal, dude, is crushing it right now. I mean, that, I bet he's got people lining up with scripts to get him in anything. Yeah. Yeah. I watched him on Saturday Night Live, too. He did really well. It was oh, pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, any uh, other thoughts on Last of Us? No. Um, can't wait for next season. I mean, next season is going to be controversial. Um, I don't think we need to go into why just yet, but uh, it'll yeah. be good. Um loving the show it's going to be tough I, I i'm sure pedro pascal is going to win an emmy for best lead in a drama if he could beat out succession um and then murray bartlett or nick offerman are gonna like win or co-win an emmy for best uh 
uh, guest star or like supporting actor in a drama. Yeah. Yeah. I think that episode's going to win awards left and right. Yeah. Um, easily. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, um, nothing else for me for Last of Us, but I'm excited. And this has become a flagship show for yeah. HBO. And it's two two other flagship shows are leaving us in the next two months, three months. So Barry yep. and Succession. And Succession. So yep. you know, we need good content. We need tent to keep going. So yep. you know, HBO does such a good job. Um gotta get on that Perry Mason train. I know I almost watched it the other day, but I told you I was uh rewatching Succession and so if you haven't seen Succession and you've made it this far in the podcast and you're still listening to me, uh, I had many people tell me that they didn't make it past the first like three or four episodes because they didn't like it. Blasphemous. Keep through, keep the Succession. Sorry, it was, yeah, it was Succession. Yeah, keep going because I think it's starting episode five or six of season one. It takes off like a rocket ship. Yeah. It'd be every episode after that becomes really good. And I say this after rewatching I'm um, like into episode six or seven of the first season again. And the first like two or three episodes are kind of janky and just looking back on what it's become. Um Yeah. So Well I mean don't it's forget gr- it's still good, but it's in the pilot, Roman has like a wife and a kid. And then after episode one, they just like fucking disappear. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I was thinking that I was watching that I was like, go play with your cousin and like uh um Kendall's kids and go play with Roman's daughter that's sitting there on the stairs and then you're like then she never did hear from again. Yeah. So they they like yada yada over it and um but straight out of the yeah, Alex Murdoch uh, playbook, they just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah too soon so. Oof. yeah but uh um, yeah it, it's it's like parks and rec you have to get through the first couple of episodes and then it just turns into a banger you just gotta you gotta it's a slow burn but you gotta get through it because it's it's a great show yeah to me yeah to the per- parks and rec even the first few episodes of office were okay yeah. as they found their footing but parks and rec the first season is not very good in my eyes either so it's you just got to get through the growing pains i think of some of these shows definitely um but one show so that you recommended that i watch didn't have any growing pains uh the bear i finished the bear over the weekend and that was mind-blowing start to finish i tried to get blanca to watch the bear because i'm like you gotta watch it so good so we sat down to watch the. it was like we're going to bed or something it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm like, are you good for 30 minute show? Yeah. About three minutes into the first episode of the bear, she's like, turn this off. I'm like, what? She's like, it's too intense for me right before bed. Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's like, it's it's like it's like cocaine bear. Like what I imagine the movie is. I haven't seen it, but it's like it's just a like like Yeah, it's orchestrated chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but yeah, it was really, it was really good. So I, in the, like, the, like, two cameos by John Bernthal as his brother. Amazing. Like, yeah. I wish, like, I wish he was in the show too, because I love him. Like, I used to hate him on, I think it was Shane on oh, Walking Dead. Like, Walking Dead. Like, I hate Shane. And then watching him in, um, uh, We Own the City, like, <laughs> With this Baltimore accent, like <laughs> it's, it's so fucking good. And then I was like, I love John Barthol. But dude, yeah. And then so uh, good. what else? Uh, there's one other show I wanted to mention that I watched, and now I'm blanking out. But, um, but yeah, the bear highly recommend. The bear, uh, so good. Uh, don't want to alarm yeah. you, but uh, we dropped a bottle of Valium in the Kool-Aid, and now all the kids are passed out. <laughs> are they dead? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, I think they're just sleeping. Oh, I like it yeah. better this way. <laughs> yeah, and there's a reason why you make the family spaghetti. Yeah, there's a reason. 
God, that was, yeah, that was an amazing show. Amazing performance. Jeremy Allen White. They're going to do a season two. So we might get more John Bernthal, but his stock changed after The Walking Dead. I mean, he started doing so much other stuff. Um, And then for me, Wolf of Wall Street was when he just took off like a rocket. Yeah. I want Jeremy Allen White's hair because his hair was like that and shameless too. And it's It's glorious. He's like, he's like one of my favorites. Like, I really liked him in Shameless. and I really liked him and the bear. So I'm going to start watching everything that, that he's in. So, yep, definitely. Well, we've been about an hour. So, um, anything else, uh, want to talk about? No. Any final we thoughts from your side? Book check of my book corner. I, yeah. I finished my third book. I finished my third book. What'd you read? So I did, you know, the world without us, which yep. I gave you. Then, um, I read, um, the Forever War, the 1974 Nebula winner that you gave me. Love it. And then I finished Neuromancer, the 1976 oh. uh, Nebula Award uh, for science fiction by William Gibson. It was the Forever War was a lot easier for me to understand um, than Neuromancer, but once I finished it and I read some synopsis about it, like. I understood it because there's some nice. parts where you can't it, it's all about like jack they call it jacking jacking in and out of the matrix yeah <laughs> so and, <laughs> and you're like wait where are we in the matrix are we out like uh but there's two other books it's called the spawn spawn trilogy and it's um like zero code or something i ordered the the second book, I did, I bought two William Gibson books when I was at Barnes and Noble, um, Neuromancer, and then Mona Lisa Overdrive, which mm-hmm. is the third book in the Spawn trilogy. And the second book, I just ordered off of Amazon, so um, I need to. I don't like to read out of order, so yeah. I gotta kind of wait till that comes in tomorrow. But um, that one's called Count Zero. So the second one, ah. so which I think also won so a Nebula three full Award books like a couple of years later. It was at least nominated. Yeah, no, it was it was nominated. Yeah, yeah. so um, but it's good. So you can borrow any of them if you want. But hell yeah, um, still doing my reading thirty minutes a night, and I've completed three books in three weeks now. Nice. So. I just started yeah. uh, the Three Body Problem, which was uh, it's a sci-fi book, but it's uh, it was uh, written uh, in Chinese, um, and it's only like it can't be more than ten years old. I think they're developing a Netflix series about it, but it was like groundbreaking. Like because think about how many sci-fi books are non-American written. It's not many. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten more these days, but like like the first one that broke the broke the barrier was Solaris. I think it was Swedish. Um, so like. Yeah. Uh, just started the three body problem. It's a, it's a three book trilogy and it's supposedly like amazing. It won the Hugo award, which is similar to the nebula um, for the first book. So I'm just crushing that. Nice. Yeah. And the William Gibson was uh, British as well. So nice. he did. He also wrote Johnny mnemonic, which became a movie. We talked um, about that. Fuck. Yeah. 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 We did. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm trying to, and like, okay, I'm not going to read all his books, <laughs> so I'll just, I need do to, it, man. To, yeah, but yeah, so still doing a little reading. Nice. So I, actually, when we get off here, I need to read 30 minutes. So <laughs> nice. Before I I'm, crash, uh, I'm going to watch the uh, Texas A&M Penn State uh, March Madness game. Um, if A&M wins, then that means they go in to face TU, um, which is Austin. Uh, so the, the we'll see how that goes. The toothpaste people. They did. The they did beat the Colgate. The uh, yeah, the the fresh breath Colgate uh, University. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, U of H is only winning twenty six to twenty. It's it's been pretty Come close. On, yeah, Northern Kentucky's had the lead, like had the lead for a while, like the first ten minutes. So that'll be one to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything else? No, nothing for me. I'm just gonna go read and go to sleep, and hopefully be back in Houston soon. <laughs> nice. Hopefully, we'll so. see you in the office soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's like, no, no. Maybe, maybe next week. Next week, I'm gonna go on. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Absolutely. No, but uh, appreciate everybody for joining, uh, you know, kicking it with us this week. Uh, be sure to uh, check us out on podcast, you know, channels, Google Pod, Apple Pod, all the podcasts. Uh, check out our website, kickingamedia.com. Chuck and I throw a blog, you know, posts up there every once in a while about, you know, some stuff we see about TV. I'll probably throw something up there about Brendan Fraser. I think that's a good topic. Um, and, uh, you know, check out our Instagram at Can We Kick It Pod. You can email us at Can We Kick It Pod One at gmail.com. Uh, and as uh, I'll leave it with uh, cousin, as he always likes to say, cousin, peace. <laughs> <laughs>